0: It's Monday, you know what time it is. FRPC is back on the air, and I am your host, Vince. And uh, we need to tap in with what's going on around the NBA because it is now time for trades. Everybody who signed a contract in the offseason is now eligible for trades. There's a couple exceptions here and there, but all the names that we kind of heard, rumors the whispers the whatever it's all it's all out there now it's all available so we're gonna get into that today um i do want to say that the uh, reason for the one pod last week um we had an injury in the family um, my wife uh had a severely sprained ankle uh it was not pretty her ankle touched earth uh so we have a boot, and uh, we are we are working vigorously around the clock to get the lump off her ankle to go away. So, uh, you know, we're all day-to-day around here. So with that being said, uh, before we get into everything we got to get into uh, with the trades and a couple teams, I want to kind of... Look at and kind of observe and kind of see where they are at this present time. So uh, if you are a Rust Belt fan, you're going to love this pod because we're all up in the Midwest. But if you're not following the podcast, please do so on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and all major podcast platforms. And also remember to give us that five star rating and leave a comment. So if we're not touching on your team or a player or a certain draft pick, I have news on that coming. And um, we got some stuff coming with the draft. So leave a comment. Um, let us know what we can do to service you better. Um, with that being said, also, keep in mind that we put up clips <clears throat> On our YouTube channel as well, which is Frontrunner Podcast Collective. So if you want the pod, Frontrunner Podcast Collective. If you want the YouTube channel, Frontrunner Podcast Collective as well. The great thing about the YouTube channel is that it's basically clips of the pod. Well, then whatever we weren't able to stick into the pod, and it was like a note that we were... um you know, that kind of let us down a rabbit hole for, for the pod, it usually goes in the YouTube clip. So if there's something that maybe I didn't touch on, it might end up in that clip. So subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. And also tap in with us on X or formerly known as Twitter at FrontRunnerPC and also at NicoFRPC. Um, and we will get to Nico in a little while. We'll get some news coming up on that as well. Okay, so since we've been gone, the Clippers have signed Kawhi Leonard to a three-year extension. Now, this is on the estimated cap projections. So it could change, but how it looks, it's it's like 52 the first year. And then it flattens out to 50 and 50 the followings. Um, which is great. Cost control. Descending contract. Good deal. It gets you to Kawhi's age 36 year. If there is stuff left in the tank, which we've seen this year. look like Looks like that's kind of where we are. And... That's something that is positive, especially again, knowing what Balmer has built in Inglewood. This was not just for. Yes, he has started to play well and play in a lot of games, but this is also for. I need some people to get some season tickets for our new our new arena. So. Good deal all the way around. Um, As of right now, Paul George, not close. And James Harden, there's nothing on the horizon as of yet with those guys. But I expect that there will be uh, ongoing talks with those two guys. Because Kawhi even said in his press conference, he actually spoke actual words. And he said, you know, now it's time to bring the the rest of the guys on as well. So, I know there are people who are kind of looking at Philadelphia and going, they're going to have a ton of cap space going into next year. Um, And they're envisioning uh, Paul George in Philadelphia. Keep in mind, Paul George is a Southern California kid. Also, keep in mind that... He pretty much wanted to come back to Los Angeles and kind of shot his way out of OKC a little bit. So I think he's kind of where he wants to be. And somebody had brought up a really interesting point. He's in a really great position. He's in Los Angeles. He's going to be making near-max money. And also, he's on a team... Where no offense clipper fans there's not a lot of you and the passion is not super super deep, so it's not like he has this scrutiny upon him in Los Angeles if if for some reason the Clippers don't bring home a championship. Why would you want to go to the pressure cooker that is Philadelphia? Uh, I, I I don't know of a more demanding city I'm not saying it's a bad city I I like the passion I enjoy it shout out to our Philadelphia fans out there um but at the end of the day if I'm called George I'm staying right in Southern California I'm not moving I'm not doing any of that so but we'll see how it goes and as soon as we know something you'll know something um we're gonna move on to. A couple teams, and then we'll get to the rumors and everything like that. But a couple observations that I've had over the weekend, and I wanted to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks a little bit. Milwaukee right now is uh, currently what are they? Twenty six and twelve. Actually, they might. Let's update that. Let's update that for you. The standings. Milwaukee is 28-12 and at this point in time. They're second in the East. Um, For a team that has a bunch of doom and gloom around it because the defense is not as up to par, it's been better lately, Dane is exactly who he is. He's, He's never been a defender. That was part of the problem in Portland, but you had two small guards. And now you're in a situation where you don't have that complimentary guard next to Dame. Drew Holiday, who you traded in the Dame trade, if you would have been able to somehow keep him, which that deal was not going to get done without Drew Holiday, that was the trade-off. You were trading offense or defense. And also, the offense hasn't looked exactly how you thought it was going to look. With all of the pick-and-rolls with Giannis and Dame, That doesn't seem to have come to fruition. Giannis doesn't seem very interested in it so far. And maybe he's just saving it for the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe it's just a secret weapon. I don't know. But that was going to be the trade-off. And for a team who was really still trying to find themselves 28 and 12 I mean you would kill for that that is that we're pretty much at the halfway mark and they're 28 and 12 that's a 70% clip pretty good deal for a team that is still searching for its identity also keep in mind this was the team that had the Terry Stotts deal before the start of the season Former head coach, longtime head coach of the Portland Trailblazers, good offensive mind, supposedly work well with Dame in Portland. Adrian Griffin and him do not see eye to eye. He he leaves before the season starts. Adrian Griffin tries to put in this different defense. It kind of fails miserably. Either because the players didn't believe in it, or it just wasn't going to work, you can you can battle on which one you want to deal with on that one. But here's the thing. That drop coverage, that works. And that's what they're used to, and that's what they've had the success with. And that's what happens when the leaders of the team go to Adrian Griffin and say, hey, we need to go back to this defense because it works for us and we're more comfortable in it. With all that being said, here they are, two and a half games behind the Celtics, who are first in all the NBA. They're the best team in the league. Um, and it's, I don't see the panic that everybody else sees. Is there a trade or is there some sort of augmentation to the rotation that you can do? Possibly. But I think you're getting what you thought you were going to get from Dame, who's an absolute killer at the end of the game, and Giannis, who is one of the most undeniable forces when he's going towards the rim. So I'm looking at Milwaukee and going, hey, not real real worried about (laughs) what's going on over there. So now they've had some games lately that they started to kind of show – what they're going to look like when they're fully formed that blowout win against the Celtics now people will tell you the Celtics played five games in 7 de- in 7 days and that's true but that was maybe a game you mark on your calendar maybe you take now they had an overtime game the night before in Minnesota and then went to go play Milwaukee I understand the tired legs. I understand the, the you know the poor effort. I don't think you take a lot from this game and say, "Hey, the Celtics are in trouble," or "Hey, Milwaukee's absolutely back." I just look at it as one team was coming off a hellacious game against a really good Minnesota team, had to travel, go to Milwaukee. And they got a they caught a team that was that was waiting on them so with that being said great win for milwaukee good that you show that type of fight in a in a regular season game that you wanted to put a game plan together make it work, and then allow you know allow the pieces that you put together to showcase their talents. So, bravo on that. A couple other standouts of that the the 25 to 0 run the Bucks had in that game. Pretty impressive. They out-rebounded the Celtics 54 to 31. Pretty good. Um and basically Like I said, this game was, I don't look at it and say, hey, there's a lot to glean from this game. You know, this, we should be really focusing in on what really transpired in this game. No. I think if these teams meet in the playoffs, it's going to be an absolute dogfight. And I'm here for it. It's just good content. I don't know what else to say about that. (laughs) Okay. Market Collective. Obviously it is apparent that the Bucks need perimeter defense um in the worst way. We just talked about the Dame struggles on defense. Um there's gonna have to be some sort of refashioning of their rotation to kind of maybe put something put somebody with Dame or grab somebody that I don't know what they have to offer. Not to dig into that, but I'm looking at that team and they need somebody who can provide some sort of resistance on the perimeter. So I don't know how you go and get that. Or if it's something something that you have on your bench that you have not utilized to its fullest extent yet, i.e. Andre Jackson Jr. and um, of uh, Beauchamp. Those guys need more burn if you're going to make a serious run at this title, and you're not going to try to put up 135 points every single game. Now, let me ask this question. If they do have some pieces to trade, a couple names to kind of think about. If you're Milwaukee, and maybe because of the fact it may maybe a little bit of a distressed asset, you can get them on the cheap. I love Sacramento Kings' Davion Mitchell. Now, I know he's he's short, but the one thing about Davion Mitchell, his defense, his tenacity, his pressure on ball is something that is absolutely needed in Milwaukee. Another name to look out for is uh, Matisse Theihol of the Portland Blazers. Now, this is a wing. Now it looks like the shot has gotten a little bit better. You still don't respect it. It's not like he's drawing people out, but if he can knock that that knock that three-point shot down at a respectable level, even like 35-36%. And you can have him on the court with game, that just helps the defense so tremendously. Cause you still cause Brooke showed it in the Boston game, he still can give it to you. And if you're talking about this type of series and being able to be acquainted with the team for multiple games, yeah, I think you'll see the best out of Brooke, Lopez, and you'll see the best out of Giannis. One of the teams I want to get to, and it's in still the Midwest. Let's talk a little bit about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let them know, fam, how's it going? We are going to spend a little time on your team. They are 22-15. and 15. They are now fourth in the East. Man, that East changes like every day. It's like they were sixth at one point, like, I believe, and now they're fourth. But with that being said, they are fourth in the East. They have had a ton of injuries, obviously, with uh, Darius Garland and Evan Mobley being out long stretches of time, but what it's done is kind of simplified the offense. Donovan Mitchell has been able to showcase and be the 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 on ball guy that he can be and likes to be. You know, let's be frank. And also because you don't have the the extra big who can't shoot, you got a bunch of shooters around Donovan Mitchell, and then you have the log threat that's Jared Allen who's absolutely tearing it up on second chances. He's averaging, like, in this stretch, about 12.4 rebounds a game. So it's one of those things where maybe less is more. But who do – I mean, if there was anybody to get rid of, and I'm not trying to, you know, trade anybody from Cleveland, but if you've seen this type of play out of your team, Is there a chance that you can move on from Mowgli and get the pieces that are maybe a little bit better than what you currently have? Is there a possibility there? It, have you made a decision on Darius Garland or Donovan Mitchell, or how you, are you going to keep both? Now I know it said in the press, no, they reported that they're they're going to ride out the Donovan Mitchell contract i definitely we've heard it we've seen it it's been everywhere check x check instagram check espn news.com whatever it's all over the place but at some point you're gonna have to lock him up okay you also are you also are probably In a situation where you're locking up Evan Mobley as well. So, your team is about to get really, really expensive, or you need to make a decision on Garland or Mobley, Garland or uh, Donovan Mitchell, and see where you want to go. Now, you know, it's a hard choice. You really don't have to make it this year. It's really into next year, but if you want the most value for Donovan Mitchell, this is the time to do it. Don't go into next year and then have him have an offseason where his friends can talk to him. Oh, it's lovely here. It's great. The vibes are great. Oh, you come in. We can be championship. No, don't do it. Make your decision. Draw your line in the sand. Kobe Altman. And see which way you want to go. A couple guys I want to shout out on Cleveland um, since this kind of emergence and everybody's been hurt. Uh, Sam Morrell has played absolutely spectacular. Um, In a five-game stretch, he's averaged 12-plus points a game. He is also 17 of 46 from three. That's nice. That's real, real nice. And he's averaging nine three point attempts a game, so he's getting them up. he's getting shots up and making a difference. Car Levert is also uh having a, a really excellent year. He's averaging sixteen points a game you know for the year, but in the last five, he's averaging twenty two plus points a game thirteen to twenty nine from three in his last five. I just think that the Nang, Nyang, not um George Niang, Karis Levert, Max Druce, that coalition that has been brought together this year has just really stabilized that team. I like Karis LeVert's role. I like him that he's flourished in it. And it's it's really something that you can lay your you can just you can lay your hat down on that with what you're doing. My question is is that can you get to a point where you don't do a rebuild? You're kind of like changing parts on the fly, and my question is, can you get to the one big and then have like the the real stretch big? and then depend on which one you want to keep. Do you want to keep the Evan Mobley, who could turn out to be a generational defensive player? He'll just need to grow into the five position. Or do you go with the ready-made Jared Allen and then get a shooter around him? These are all things you can do, and you got the pieces to do it. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying these are the things that other executives are talking about about your team so keep this in mind this is coming from other places not your organization and we'll see what happens but kudos to the cavaliers man they're doing they're doing it big and i I really like what they got going and remember the talk around the, the coach remember there was a situation where they were talking like maybe they're not responding to him Maybe they're not, you know, it's not where it needs to be, and maybe they need to upgrade that situation. And now all you've done is taken, you've basically simplified the product, and it's better. And now people have, like, real defined roles. And the problem is, is that when you have Darius Garland, who wants the ball a lot, Donovan Mitchell, who wants the ball a lot, both are tiny guards again, This is see Portland Trailblazers the last ten years. That's what your future holds if you continue this this guard combo. But I just think they have a really tremendous opportunity and they could get themselves into the that real upper echelon and we could be talking about this team in a completely different light with a couple moves. So you know. Just, hey, it's just my opinion. All right, the last thing that I want to talk about before we get into some of these rumors that I've been hearing out there and what have you is the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings uh, have been playing very, very well. They are now 23-16. and 16. Um, It's not as good as it was last year, right? But they've kind of, like, stabilized. And what I mean by that is that they're not they're not—they're not your same old Sacramento Kings. They're a relevant playoff team, right? Scare anybody. But they didn't do enough in the offseason. And I'm not... I don't want to throw shade. This is not a shade situation. Maybe it just wasn't available out there. You know, sometimes the best trades are the trades that you don't make. Sometimes the best signings are the signings you don't you don't sign. You know, how how do we feel if if we have Jeremy Grant at 30 30 plus million dollars? How do we feel about that? Probably not great, right? So, they kind of settled in into this like higher middle class of the of the West, which is not a bad place to be. Keegan Murray has awakened over the last five games: twenty-two points, seven rebounds, fifteen of thirty-two from behind three-point line. Here's the thing: he's a second-year forward. Um, he is taking on some of some extra offensive burden. This year, it's kind of like Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray has switched roles, where he's taking kind of like the third line share of the shots, which that's what it should be. And it took him a while to kind of like, okay, I'm taking on more volume. Is my efficiency going to be there? And it's, he struggled early in the year with it, but... Mike Brown has been telling Keegan Murray to shoot the ball when open, like, every single time. Like, I think Keegan Murray hears Mike Brown in his sleep, say, shoot, right? I think this is just the development of a guy, and you already have one guy in Darren Fox. And I know people say, well, Vince, are you is this slander towards Domonte Sabonis? No, we've done breakout videos on Sabonis and what have you. He's a he's a he's a staunch rotational player on a really, really good team. But we both know, myself and audience. That's why I say both. You guys are a part of this. I'm not just talking to myself. All right. We both know, okay, is that DeMontis is deficient in the defensive realm of the basketball game. And if Sacramento kind of really wants to take a step up and be considered and, like, you don't want to feel like you're an afterthought in this Western Conference and where do you fit in the the pecking order, you're going to need to upgrade that defense somewhere, bro. That's where it's at. You know, maybe this guy also can provide some offense as well. You know, um OG Ananobi would have been a good fit. You know, I I I kind of poo pooed that trade for a long period of time. Oh don't you know, don't do it. He's not you know, he doesn't shoot it enough or whatever, and you know, but as far as defense is concerned, he would have provided that. Now, I still think you needed somebody bigger. That was kind of why I was out on the OG and situation. Now, if you're talking maybe, and we'll get into it in a second, about what is out there, but there's some names out there that you can possibly get yourself into. You know, you might have to be like a third wheel on the deal. Maybe you are greasing the wheels to facilitate a bigger deal. Who knows? But at the end of the day, to have Sacramento feel like people are disrespecting them because it's like, yes, are you a good story? Are you going to be a playoff team? All these things are true. Are you going to light the beam a lot of times this year? Yes. But do we think you're a first-round exit? Yeah, we do. We do. We think you're a first-round exit. Prove us wrong. And if you really believe that DeMontis Sabonis could somehow guide you through the gauntlet that is the Western Conference and and play good enough defense to get you there, mm, I I, I don't see it. I, I don't. All right, let's move on to... Some of the rumors that are out there, um, obviously, there is one that is circling and circling. I keep on updating my Twitter and my uh, phone to see if it has actually gone down, which it hasn't as of yet. But ESPN, Adrian Wojnarowski reports that the Lakers, and also I want to tell you that Shams has, have said some other words, but this is what has started. The Lakers have engaged in DeJounte Murray trade talks. Okay, there's a couple things that I want to talk about here. I have three little three little things with this. A can the trade be expanded? Is it just DeJounte Murray? B does Austin Reeves has does he have to be in this deal? 3 the hawks are notoriously cheap is this another way for them to just get get salary off the books and take back contracts where they are ending at the end of the year is there a way for is there a way to do that this is the backdrop with this trade for the longest period of time we even saw it last trade uh, deadline season. The Hawks made a really kind of, like, weird trade, and they ended up with, like, Sadiq Bay on their team. But it was something that kept them underneath the cap. Atlanta, the ownership there, they're not going over the cap for a team they don't think can really, really compete for something special. So until that team proves that it is special enough to go over the cap, they're not going to do it. Now, I'm not saying that this paves the way for DeJounte Murray to come to the Lakers. There are going to be a lot of suitors for this guy. But if I'm the Lakers and I'm looking at, at this record right here, And knowing that I'm eleventh right now, as we stand in the playoff hunt, yeah, all good. It's all chunked up between like seven through seven through twelve, right? Like four games, like separating everybody. But at the end of the day. You got to start making up these games because we're at the halfway point. You know, it's not you got to, you know, you got two-thirds of the season left. You know, it's not like, oh, we got plenty of time. I'm going to go ahead and and guess that they're going to try to get this deal done as quickly as possible to... Integrate these guys into this team, what LeBron wants, what AD wants, how whoever is the pieces that are coming in want, how they want the ball, and how it's all going to work. Because it's a mad dash to the playoffs at this point. And what you don't want to be is in the plan. Because there's going to be some good teams left out of just the regular playoffs. And in a one-game scenario, whether you're at home or on the road, these teams are going to be good enough to knock off one another. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. All right. The other thing that I want to say about that is Shams recorded today, I guess over the weekend, they took a little break. And Shams of the Athletic recorded that they that the Lakers have reengaged in Murray talks. So they put it aside over the weekend. Probably because they couldn't do anything, couldn't act on it anyway. And now that we are at January 15th, we can go ahead and trade some people. Right? So I think now you would be able to give your best offer and see where it stands and see if it's something that uh Atlanta wants to nibble on right now, or if it's something that you can get done and hammer out uh, quickly before the other things start to happen on the trade market. The Nets are open to moving Dorian Finney-Smith, her Mike A. Scotto, and other sources, and it looks like they're evaluating at Dorian Finney-Smith Or the equivalent of two first round picks. Now I'm going to tell people right now. I I don't think that Dorian Finney-Smith. Is going to get you two first round picks. I think what's actually going to happen is. You're going to get a real first rounder. And then a fake first rounder. You're going to get something that is like. Super protected like. It's protected up to number 18. And then if it doesn't convey it'll turn into a second and then it'll turn into nothing so that's what i think is going to happen for dorian finney smith he will be desirable maybe somebody will give you a real second for him and maybe if somebody said hey here's a first and two seconds maybe that gets it done maybe it's a plethora of seconds i don't know what it's going to take but uh dorian finney smith on any contending team is is uh is is very helpful so i like they're moving the pieces a little bit because they know they have too much wing depth it's too much uh positional redundancy so now they're making the changes to say okay let's kind of put some pieces together that makes sense Pascal Siakam per Chris Haynes, it looks like the Raptors are parting ways with Pascal Siakam. Now, this is going to be one of the guys, along with DeJounte Murray, that are going to be like the big names on the market. Now, there's always a chance for the stealth superstar to say, I want out of my situation and I want to go here i'm not even doubting that whatsoever not doubting it we see it every year i'm just saying right now these are the names that are the hot names on the market at this time so if you're kind of yawning going oh it's not you know this person that person this person just know (laughs) all it takes is for them to feel disrespected one time And they'll be in the media talking about, I need to get out of here. And I want to go take my talent somewhere else. So, but Pascal's on the market. Uh, We tried to tell Nico that that was the case. Even though Nico thought he cracked the case with the McFlurry sponsorship situation going on with Pascal Siakam. You know, he got a signature McFlurry up in Canada. But it looks like Pascal's gonna be gone anyway. So there's so many teams that could use somebody like this. Uh we've heard the Golden State Warriors, we've heard the Dallas Mavericks, we've heard um OKC. We've heard we've heard a lot of teams that could use Pascal Siakam. The one thing that you have to understand is that. He's saying that he's not signing a contract until the offseason. That should bring down the value a little bit as far as what Toronto's actually asking for. So you're not going to have to get absolutely murdered. So this kind of puts in the contending teams. And the reason why I say that is usually the contending teams, if you look at it, they don't have a bunch of draft picks. They're kind of mortgaged the future already, but they still have some – some picks in the outer realms you know that are available to them so if pascal is going to be moved i don't think it's going to be the super blockbuster deal as far as picks bonanza that you're getting if you had four years left on the deal and you were getting him at this time period like in the middle of his prime that's when you would be like yes here are all the picks. Here you go. I'll talk to you later. And we we just ride from there. But with him being at the end of the contract, Siakam, and then also making it very clear that I am not willing to negotiate until the end of the year, leads me to believe that whatever they get back, it might be more player-driven than it is going to be contract-driven. And that was the move that they made. If you look at the Knicks move, it was more player-driven, not contract-driven. And and then it decides on who are the best pieces that can go back to Toronto? Who has the pieces that, that Toronto would find desirable? Do they need another shooter? Do they need another big wing? Don't know but I will tell you this, is that it's going to be interesting to see what inevitably ends up happening to Pascal Siakam, and uh, it actually, depending on where he lands, this could really change something in the playoffs, so uh, keep you locked here, because we will have that information for you, and we will hopefully be able to paint a really good picture of why this went down, and and what were all the particulars, and what were what was this organization's motivation and what the other organization's motivations were. So I'm looking forward to that. Um the Spurs are also by Chris Haynes, Seti Osman and Doug McDermott are on the block. So if you're looking for wing shooting who isn't there are a couple wings in San Antonio and now you got to deal with Pop. Um, I don't know if he'll be looking to, like, break the bank on this. This might be kind of a mercy situation. Hey, you guys could go affect winning in a positive way for another team that's either on the come up or um really looking to make that uh, championship push. So I don't know if it's going to be a tremendous haul, but anything, pretty much all you want is just, more bites at the apple so uh getting on from these guys when you when you have such a uh, a bad record right now they're 731 which is the worst and the West at this point so it's not like they need these guys to be bad <laughs> now this one was funny to me because i have questions there's now a report that everyone except for Steph in Golden State is available for trade. Now, I, I'm going to ask a question. Everyone? Like, everybody? Uh, Clay? Is Clay available for trade? Hmm. Is Draymond Available for trade. Remember. We put out a couple clips. And we had said to Draymond. You had a really really good friend. In Steph Curry. And you need to go ahead and get that patched up. Right. Somebody said that I was. That I was caping up for Steph. Way too hard. But no. These antics and all this stuff that goes on. This is beneath you. You is beneath the organization and guess who you embarrassed you you embarrassed adam silver that is the most substitute teacher vibe dude on the planet and you upset him right so now we're at this point where is it really so insane that dream on green could be on the move? Mm. I told you there's gonna come a point in time and we asked, does Steph have it in him to be LeBron and say, hey, yo, I wanna win. This is not gonna help me win. Go out and get me the pieces to help me win. And it looks like we might have gotten our answer if all if we are to believe that everyone is available. I don't buy it not totally (laughs) sorry don't buy it but hey that's the report that's what's out there now um you do have some interesting pieces and you have some interesting contracts that you can move and put together depending if the contract is what you need to kind of get the deal done and then you have a desirable young piece now depending on the young piece and Depending on the contract, you can get something really, really nice back if if that's the way you want to go, if you're Golden State. Now, I'm going to tell you, again, we get into the archive pods. I talked about this, I want to say about three weeks ago, about Golden State as Mike Dunleavy Jr., and they have Kirk Blakeup. Those are the guys who are pulling the trigger on what the next iteration of the Golden State Warriors is going to be. Now, I am looking forward to seeing what these guys do. I'm looking forward to it because if you're trying to keep Steph and you're also trying to keep him at this like championship level, you have to look at this team and know that this team is nowhere near that situation you have to deal with that reality head on and go ahead and do the try to do the necessary changes that you're going to need to make to make this viable to allow that dude to be super great in the playoffs now Orlando Magic I thought this was interesting because this popped up today Orlando has made available Markel Fultz not as surprising, but also they are taking calls on Wendell Carter Jr., which is the center who's been injured this year. Um, and the combination of Gogo Batate and uh, Mo Wagner have really done a good great job for the Orlando Magic, who are sitting in a pretty... Decent little spot. They are eighth. They've kind of fallen back to earth a little bit. But they're 21-18, to and they're a lot. I mean, this is – they felt going into or going out of last year that after they had had the horrific start to last season and they finished it off at 500, they felt like they could make a playoff run this year. And I think they're still in that situation. I think what you're seeing now is that they might want to go ahead and kind of firm up their playoff spot if they're moving on from Markel Fultz and Wendell Carter Carter Jr. I'm not saying that it's going to be some big, big deal, but look for a real, a decent, like, veteran coin guard coming in. You know, and maybe another, like, big wing to a big or something as well. I think that's what they're looking for. And somebody who can shoot the basketball, please, for the love of God, could they allow Paulo Bencaro to work in the post and not have five dudes around him? That would be great. I would love that. But Orlando has put Wendell Carter Jr. and Marco Fultz on the board. So, we got a lot of guys who are available. Um, so, here's the last couple things that I want to get to. Detroit and Washington Wizards made a trade, okay? We're not going to spend a lot of time on this because this was a money move. Marvin Bagley Jr., Isaiah Livers go to Washington, and Washington sends back Danilo Garnari and Mike Muscala. Um uh, the way it basically works out is is that it frees up more money for Detroit uh, in their cap situation next year. They'll be at $64 million that they can spend. We'll see how they spend it. Um, I didn't understand this move at all. Um, this team needs some inf- – they kind of need to do what Toronto's doing a little bit. I'm not saying you need to go all in, but bring one more guy in to help out Kay Cunningham and and take some of the pressure off those young kids so they don't have to carry this offense and have this burden laid upon them. Just one more guy. You know, maybe you get it in the draft. Maybe you hit whatever it is in this draft, which I'm going to tell you, which we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, It's hard. It's hard to figure out who number one is. And really, to tell you the truth, it's not one of those drafts where you sit there and you go, oh, well, there's like these, you know, tiers, and you get one through four is this first tier, and there's so many tiers. It's, it's ridiculous. I haven't gone through all the guys, but I'm going to tell you right now, um you're going to have to do your homework to pick the right guy for your team this year. 'Cause it's gonna be specific, you know, not gonna be like, oh, this dude is way more awesome than everybody else. It's not like that. All right, um, so that's basically trade. I didn't you know, Washington, I understand, they got a couple second round picks out of it. They're like, Hey, man, thanks, appreciate it. Um but at the end of the day, this moves the needle for no one. It doesn't help either one of these teams. Like I said, it's more of a salary dump for Detroit than it is anything else. Um, Muscala maybe can shoot. Gal- Galinari has just plummeted because he's really—I think he's done. You know, I know—I know that sounds disrespectful, but. He's just not moving the way he was in the last couple of years. And obviously, he, he's had the knee surgeries and things of that nature. So, you know, we might just be seeing the last days of Danilo Gallinari, which, um, you know, I wish he would have been able to go out in a little bit better fashion, honestly. So the thing that I want to kind of talk about and to finish up is that we talk a lot about Nico coming back, Nico doing this, Nico doing that, but we do have something. And it should be up on the website later on today. Nico has his top 10 draft prospects. He has strengths, weaknesses. He has all kinds of stuff. It will be on the website at frontrunnerpc.com so go to the website later on today that will be up there um really happy that we can get it up there i'm gonna promote the heck out of it get nico to promote the heck out of it you guys go ahead and check that out uh we're gonna do this a little bit differently uh, next year this year's kind of we're doing it on the fly what we're gonna try to do is in the dog days of august and like early september is get you like the first 10 out and then by like the start of the season the second 10 out and then by November we'll have like a top 30 and then like you know your ones to watch in the second round or whatever the case may be and then we can kind of move them around the draft board that's kind of what we're looking at like next year but this year you know we're putting it all back together and you're getting your top 10 and that will be released a little bit later on today and i'm excited about it and uh man there are i'm i looked at the list i looked at the list and i'm gonna tell you something the list that you see with nico will be a little bit different than lists that you see with like espn and um uh like draft express and things of that nature. I'm not mad at the list. There's a couple people that personally I'm not a huge fan of, and you know, whatever, but his list is fearless, he has points to back it up. I can't wait. And you guys can discuss. Remember, if you have questions about the list, at frontrunner PC or at Nico F R P C that'll do it for the show today again thank you guys my wife again with the ankle i thank you guys for your patience i thank you guys for your support it's been great we've um really cranked up the video situation so i look forward to bringing you a couple clips from this pod onto youtube and um we will see you later on in the week deuce Thank you.